HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone ground products for decades. Their flours and whole grains are the highest quality and are minimally processed at their stone mill in Oregon. Visit bobsredmill.com to shop their huge range of products. Use the code COOKING25 for 25% off your order. The Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network from like, you know, like 12, like, you know, whatever, 12 whatever, to like, you know, almost one o'clock from Roberto's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn, joined as usual with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez and Dave in the booth. How you doing, Dave? I'm good. How about you? I'm okay. You're not going to ask Nastasia how she's doing? <laughs> I don't, like, we I don't, were on I don't the care. phone at like midnight care. last yeah. week. Yeah, we, yeah. we can talk about that. We can talk about meetings later if you want. Uh, speaking of that... Um, you want to talk about Bezos again? Uh, Did you see? What? Tell him. Yeah. Amazon's a trillion dollar company now? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, <laughs> so Amazon's a trillion dollar company, and yet we can't get enough internet service in this box for me to open uh, what I... exactly <laughs> <Same laughs> what I need. Same. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, no, I mean, I have nothing negative to say about... Amazon, except for they owe us a lot of money, and it means we can't pay our suppliers back. I was on the phone with them last week, and they said I was too mean to their accounting department. Listen to this. Oh, that sounds true. Listen to this. By the way, call in all of your Bezos-related questions, too. 718-497-2128. That's 718-497-2128. Nastasia was, like, in rare form, because she sends me some of their emails. You should hear (laughs) what... She titles the invoices as. I mean, you're supposed to title your invoices that you send to Amazon so that they pay you, so you can reference them later. They, right. Every every invoice has to have a unique identifier title, and uh, her titles are not safe for work. <laughs> I mean, they're like tells Amazon where to put their invoices. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it involves multiple body parts. Uh, but the, like, the thing is. Is they owe us a, like a boat ton of money. Let me let me put it th- let, me, let me put it this way. So, imagine if you will that I'll leave all the names out, so that you know protect everyone. But imagine that you pay to have a factory make a whole bunch of stuff. Now, factories, being not stupid, won't make you the stuff and, and hand it to you until you've paid them for it, right? Most mm-hmm. of it, like you have to have paid for I think two thirds of it. They deliver it and then you pay the last third, right? And then, you know, what they have you for on the last third is, is that they assume you're going to order it again. And so that they're not going to make you any more until you pay them. So anyways, so 
someone shall you know be remain name nameless, but who's you know, let's just call him Ramazon, right? <laughs> Ramazon negotiated a deal with us whereby they purchase our Searsals from us, purchase them. In other words, we don't own them. That's why people ask us, can you do this? Can you do that? Unfortunately, at this point, hopefully Nastasia and I can change this. We don't currently, Nastasia and I currently do not own any Searsals. Actually, we own like 40. We own 40? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they take directly d- delivery from us in China. Like we never even touch them, right? And yet they want, they take delivery. And yet they want us to prove that they got delivered in the United States. At their warehouse. At their warehouse, even though they were the shipper. And the receiver. And the receiver. And the entire thing was predicated on they pay us from the date they take delivery in China. So let me put this in perspective. Let's say, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, let's say I took an airplane to France and I bought a bunch of cheese on credit. And then I, I, I took the cheese. I took the cheese. On the airplane. And then I get on the airplane, and then somehow my bag, let's say it's legal cheese, gets misplaced or whatever. I don't know where I put my bag because I'm a schmuck, right? Then I call up the cheese company (laughs) in France and say, hey, I'm canceling my credit card. And they're like, well, why are you canceling your credit card? But they're going to say it in French. And I say to them, well, (laughs) I can't find my bag. (laughs) Why don't you prove to me that my bag got to me here in New York City. And like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I sold you cheese in France. C'est absurde. You know what I mean? It's like, they're going to say, you know what I mean? It's like. And that's how you make a trillion dollar company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally, Nastasia, I don't know when we talked about this before, but literally, Nastasia sent an email directly to Amazon. Because. Honestly, they are preventing us from paying our suppliers. It's funny, but it's putting our company in actual severe jeopardy because they have all of our money tied up in Sears All inventory, and the factory is like, well, we're not going to make any more. And then Amazon placed another order for a bunch, and they're like, get them here. And I'm like, pay us. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so literally the day that Anastasia has, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 or 80 contacts in her email that are different people we, we speak to at Amazon. All but one, I'm sure, quit because they were emailed more than five minutes ago. Remember, if you have called someone at Amazon and you call back in five minutes, that person has already quit. Just remember that, right, Anastasia? That's your... Yes. And they blame whatever the last person said on that person and not on the company. No one ever takes... Anyway, so... Literally, the day Jeff Bezos became the richest, you know, human on earth or whatever it was, uh, Nastasia, <laughs> Nastasia sent all of her contacts a blast email be like, hey, uh, congratulations. I heard Bezos is the richest man on earth. I hope he's enjoying that Sears All money. <laughs> that free Sears All money. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. So. Uh, I'm gonna talk about. I'll talk about my trip later if we have time, which we're not going to. Nope. I, I love Death Valley. Death Valley was great. Dave, you ever been to Death Valley? Nope. Stassi, you ever yeah, been? Yeah. Did, oh yeah. You said you didn't like it. No. It's no. amazing. Shocker. Why didn't you like it? I don't like deserts. I don't like that landscape. But there's a billion different deserts. You don't like any of them. Mm-mm. I don't like feeling landlocked. Is this why you like left Southern California? No, you that's hate on the water. Southern California. Yeah. Well, the part of Southern California that's on the water is on the water, mm-hmm. and the rest of it isn't. When you go in that <laughs> far, 
far, it feels super landlocked. By the way, people, that far means like 45 minutes. No way, Dave. Uh, excuse you. Like how far is from San Bernardino? How live. far is oh, from where you live? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how, yeah, but you don't live on the water. You're you're closer to the desert than to the water in Covina. You're on the you're on the outside of L.A., not on the inside of L.A. You're not on the beach side of L.A. You have to go through a highway mm-hmm. to get. By the way, another thing, another theory. You know how everyone says this, they're going to get in a lot of trouble for this. Everyone says the food is like super fantastic, better than New York, right? For like different ethnic cuisines, and this may be true, but I think, you know, I think people are misreading New York when they say that. What they mean is, is that all of L.A., which is a huge, sprawling, fundamentally feels like a suburb. Like when you're in like parts of L.A. that are legitimately L.A., that could be Jersey City, right? It could be like Deep Queens. It could, it could be Yonkers. You know what I mean? In other words, like the feel of it, the, the density feels much more like, uh, you know, close suburb than it does urban like downtown Manhattan. So I think people need to adjust themselves. When they say the, that the quote-unquote ethnic cuisine is better in L.A., this might be true, and they have lots of fantastic food. I had lots of really good food when I was in L.A., even though I was only there for a couple of nights. Uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is what they mean is better food than Manhattan, <laughs> which is where people go. I mean, are people including Queens or Staten Island? I was joking with Nastasia last night. I was like, I hear there's great Sri Lankan food in Staten Island. Great. But I'm probably more likely to go to Sri Lanka than to go to Staten Island, you know, because that's just how New Yorkers are. You know what I mean? Like, I'm more likely to say, you know what? Sri Lanka sounds like a nice place to visit. I hear that they, you know, I hear that the the turmoil has settled down and they have great food, you know? (laughs) Maybe I'll go to JFK and I'll get on an airplane. What? Get on a ferry to Staten Island. No way. What the? (laughs) What? You want me to spend all day? I got to get on a, a, a subway. I got, you know, I got to get to the subway, go to a subway to take a ferry to then what? Walk? What am I going to take that Staten Island Railroad? What, what am I going to get an Uber? Jabroni? Yeah, what am I? What is this? So as I can go eat Sri Lankan food? Yeah, Sri Lankan food sounds delicious. I'm just going to get a pizza. You know what I mean? That's how New Yorkers are. That's how we are. We're the most uh, provincial people in the world. Like, so you go to like, you go to like, it, it, it's like the average New Yorker thinks that, you know, that they're like, like worldly and cosmopolitan, which in some ways is true. But the average one of us travels what? Like five miles, maybe? Radius, maybe? You know what I mean, Nastasia? If I have to tell you that you have to cross some sort of river to do something, like for instance. I don't do it. Yeah, here is a, yeah. I mean, we come to the radio show because it's like, you know, a job. You know what I mean? But like, we go to, even though we don't get paid. Uh, but whatever. But then, the job but then, they always show up late for? Yeah, well, you know. You know, you know how this is. But then, like, but I tell Nastasia, hey, Nastasia, there's an event we should go to. She's like, oh, really? Okay, where is it? And we're like, I'm like, Brooklyn. She's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. No. Nah. Because yeah. once she gets back home, she's back home. Mm-hmm. Whereas in LA, you're like, hey, uh, we're going to go get some food. It's only an hour away. Only an hour? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I think it's just unfair the way people oh, rate. Oh, and Dave and I are going to be out there. We should do some kind of giveaway to do something. You want to do an LA giveaway? We're there on the 15th? 16th. We have 16th? to do... If you pay Heritage $10,000, you can come to our Sears All barbecue. What? Make it 20. 20,000. Hey, okay, great. No, that's, that, that sounds like no one's going to do that, but okay. Oh, T- 10's uh, good. 10 is 10. good. Okay, 10. Okay, 10 dollars gets you to the barbecue 10K. in our secret location. $10. Yeah. $10 US. You can no. shake Dave's hand. No, hey. you, get to, you get to talk Dave's ear off. And ask you know, all the questions. You guys are bad people. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's take a break and come back. Uh, 
It's time for our Bob's Red Mill moment, where we put your cooking improvisation skills to the test. This week's secret ingredient is farro. Tell us what you'd make, Stas. I would make a farro salad with tomatoes, cheddar cheese, and cucumbers. Well, how would you make it? I would cook the farro in a pot, and then I, as it's cooking, I would cut up my tomatoes and my cucumbers and cube my cheddar cheese, and then I would mix it all together. You're going to let it cool down before you toss the other stuff with it? No. You're going to put any oil on the freaking farro? No. What? No, no oil. Nastasia's just being a, a, a chump. No. Have you ever made something like this before? Yes, I have. No oil? No oil. No oil? No oil. So you're saying you're going to serve it hot or serve it cold? It would be nice if it was cold, but it's going to be hot. Because it's what? usually like Cause you don't time have the for time? dinner. Yeah, time for dinner. I don't even know what to say about this. Nastasia's improvisational skills have put me so off my course that I find it difficult to properly thank Bob's Red Mill for supporting cooking issues. You should still visit bobsredmill.com to shop their huge range of products and buy their delicious farro, which you should definitely not overcook and then mix with chopped up freaking cold tomatoes to make a tepid, soupy monstrosity. You should definitely not do that with their farro. But you should use the code COOKINGISSUES25 for 25% off your order. Wow. wow. We're, we're like those commercials on that Long Island station that I like. Oh, my God. Whenever we're driving up, <laughs> whenever we're driving up the coast of Connecticut, we, Nastasia tunes in this one, this one station from Long Island where it's still like hyper-local. They're like, Billy got caught stealing credit cards again. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they're like... Oh, I love that radio station. Uh, oh, by the way, as I predicted, I got uh, notified this by someone on Twitter. FDA advises consumers to avoid eating, drinking, or handling food products prepared with liquid nitrogen at the point of sale. All right, let's go through this again. The FDA, this is on FDA.gov. So this is not nationalenquirer.com. This is FDA.gov. FDA advises consumers to avoid eating, drink, drinking, or handling food. Eating, drinking, or handling food products prepared with liquid nitrogen at the point of sale. Now, I will say the one thing that does make sense that they, that they wrote in their finding. In general, other foods treated with liquid nitrogen prior to the point of sale and before consumption, for example, some frozen confections, are treated in such a way that results in the complete evaporation of liquid nitrogen before reaching the consumer and are no longer at an extremely low temperature and therefore do not pose a significant risk of injury. Now listen, fools! I use liquid nitrogen at the point of sale and yet I also have techniques to guarantee that the thing is A, not too cold and B, does not contain any residual liquid nitrogen, right? So it's like, uh, let, me, let me read some of the stupid stuff that they say. Uh, okay. First of all, believe it or not, Nastasi, look at that. It's the same damn picture. The FDA used the same lazy. damn la lazy. Exactly right, Nastasia. Lazy. Lazy. Even our government goes on and like steals freaking clip art images or whatever from other things to put up and they're like, oh, that's a nice image of the of the of the dragon's breath cereal. I'm gonna use that one. You know what I mean? The government. Mm -hmm. uh, so they say here, liquid nitrogen. 
although non-toxic, can cause severe damage to skin and internal organs if mishandled or accidentally ingested due to the extremely low temperatures it can maintain. No, it is cold, right? Liquid nitrogen, stuff's cold, can maintain. People, be accurate with your freaking writing. You know what I mean? Like, why do they need all those extra words? Can maintain. Everyone is such a crappy writer. Why does everyone suck so much? You know what I mean? And I'm paying this person. All of, all of us are paying this person to do this writing. There are plenty of people out there with the skills to write. Pay them. Anyway, uh, it can maintain. Inhaling the vapor released by a food or drink prepared by adding liquid nitrogen immediately before consumption may also cause breathing difficulty. May does not. Does not. But may. In the same way that it may be true that the moon is made of Roquefort cheese. <laughs> It may be true, like, you know, from some sort of quantum mechanical uh, aspect, that if, that if that I might accidentally fall through the earth because all of my atoms might miss all of the other atoms. It is not true, right? Uh, remember, that claim of causing breathing difficulties, right, is due to someone who had their, their grandson, I believe, Johnny, Johnny, Right? Johnny was headed home in the car 40 minutes after having Dragon's Breath in Jacksonville, Florida, where it's humid as the devil. And he had asthma, right? And he had asthma. And he had an asthma attack 40 minutes after. And the grandma was like, must have been that thing that I'm not used to. It must have been that thing that I'm not used to. This is how, like, witches get burnt. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, that lady was kind of crazy. And we saw her. And then... My niece gave birth, and that the, the kid had a crazy hair coming out. That lady's a witch. You know what I mean? That's how it is the same exact... It's the same exact stuff. That's what we're good at. People? No, the U.S. Oh, no, it's just people in general. I, I think the thing is, is that I think everywhere in general, that's like, you know... You know, you go to, like, the old-school European, like, you know, my, my stepfather's family, and they're like, oh, no, no, Malokia, Malokia. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, they give it a malok, you know. You know what I mean? Like, and like, and all these things. It's like everywhere, everywhere, everyone is superstitious about stuff and does post hoc ergo propter hoc and like, you know, is willing to make you know wide ranging conclusions based on zero data points. But we just don't. No one expects that their own crew is going to do that. You know what I mean? No one expects because everyone's like, well, here in America, we are, you know, we are logical and smart. Nah, we're all people. You know what I mean? We all make the same dumb mistakes. And then, predictably, our, you know, our government makes the same dumb mistake and calls it out as though it is true. As though it is true. Um, food and drinks prepared by adding liquid nitrogen immediately before consumption may be sold in malls, food courts, kiosks, state or local fairs, and other food retail locations. Well, you just said every damn thing. Once you add the words other food retail locations, you know what I mean? What, what I think they mean is predominantly it's at these places. Uh, these include, get this, people... More good writing. These products may include liquid nitrogen-infused colorful cereal or cheese puffs. Infused? Infused? Okay, I know that I get semantically angry in the same way that my partner Don Lee, you know, in Bartner of the Bar, gets mad with, uh, like, you know, technical terms like fat washing. You're not infusing the freaking... You're chilling the, the damn stuff. Anyway. Uh, similarly, alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks prepared with liquid nitrogen emit a fog. Incorrect. Like, we don't ever serve a, a, like, something that's actively foaming over with fog to somebody. It's just stupid. This is just bad. The FDA has become aware 
of severe and in some cases life-threatening injuries, such as damage to skin and internal organs caused by liquid nitrogen still present in the food or drink. What about the FDA has become aware that people burn themselves all the time on things like deep fry oil? Or like, you know, if I plant my face into a fondue pot, you know what, if let's say I was to get an oil fondue, like old school oil fondue, right? And I'm like, this looks fun. Uh, I think that this is something to wash my hands in. I think this is the hand wash bowl. And then you stick your hand into the uh, bubbling like oil concoction. It's bubbling because there's water at the bottom. I realize the oil itself is not bubbling. But when you put the food in, there's water. Whatever. You put it ah! Or if they hand you a steak knife with your steak. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? This steak knife looks like a toothpick. I'm going to shove it in my gums. You know what I mean? It's like, dumb, dumb. Um, look, what I'm saying is, let's be sensible, people. What you should do is... Tell people, not, as they do at the end, they, they say the only smart things. Well, here's the other thing. Uh, here, at the end of this paragraph, there is a call to all lunatics. Consumers who have experienced an injury because of handling or eating products prepared with liquid nitrogen at the point of sale immediately before consumption should consult their healthcare professional. They should also consider reporting their injury to MedWatch. Uh, it's, uh, so like, there it is. Call to all lunatics. Let me tell you something. For years... Before I got into the business I'm in now, uh, I was a database designer for lawyers. And those lawyers did asbestos-related law. And I personally know, uh, knew, uh, many dozens of people who had legitimate asbestos-related cancers who died as a result of their exposure to asbestos. So I hate, I mean, I hate them still to this day, uh, asbestos companies. They got away literally with murder, right? So I'm just saying that from someone who doesn't, I'm not telling you that certain things aren't bad. But on the other hand, if you tell everyone that, you know, that they're going to get a disease based on something, then they do. Because for every legitimate asbestos-related disease, and I saw many, many, many sad cases of asbestos-related disease, uh, you know, back uh, when I was doing that, you'd get this one. Bring, hello. And they say, and I'm like, I'm calling about, you know, what, what you said. I'm like, well, what, what, what did we say? And they're like... I've got the asbestos. It was always like that. It was always like something. I, uh, I was remodeling my house, and I took down some plasterboard, and now I have a cough. I think I've got the asbestos. That was the thing. They always say, the asbestos. I'm like, sir, <laughs> I've, what you're talking about is asbestosis, and you need a lot of asbestos to get asbestosis. Mesothelioma, maybe not so much. But anyway, give me a call later in 20 years if that happens. Goodbye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hang up. When you call, when you, when you specifically ask for lunatics to come out and say they're injured by something, lunatics will show up. And if the FDA is already at a position where they're saying that they, that they believe, like, gra Johnny's grandma on the fact that Johnny's asthma, quote-unquote, was caused by inhaling what amounts to people as the air that little Johnny is already breathing because that's what our air is made out of, you know what I mean, nitrogen, we are in for a world of hurt. Uh... On that same note, we got a question in uh, from, let me see if I can call it because I forgot to put my phone on auto stay open because I am stupid. Uh, okay, uh, we got a question in from John, not Johnny from Jacksonville, Florida, but John from Manila. And it says, greetings again from uh, Ma uh, the Manila, Philippines. Dave, what are your comments about this news? All right, and here's the, and, and then, uh, the news was that there's a, a, a professor uh, who holds a dual 
uh, what, it's not dual citizenship. What's it called? Like a du- dual professorship. She's a professor at the University of Freiburg. So this talk was given in German. So I wasn't able to find in the short amount of time I had uh, the full, like there's a translation somewhere into English and my German is not good enough to read her original German. Uh, not good enough anymore. You know why? German, which I took in college, I was very good in college. German, one of those languages, it's so rule-based that you can like learn it be pretty good at it and then completely forget it because it's like like forgetting a bunch of rules. It's not like a, riding a bicycle where it's all about feel. You're like, you put the verb at the end, this is how you do it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, like, it's very, you know. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so what this, what this professor did was she came out and she said that coconut oil is a pure poison, right? So apparently she said a lot of stuff which I would have liked to have read, about how uh, anti-superfood in general. And then she went apolistic on coconut oil and the, the same old sad story about, you know, oh, it's saturated fat, and so she says it's poison. Now, for those of you that haven't gone to a supermarket in the past five years, you, you know, uh, or didn't, maybe you just started going to the supermarket. Let's say that you just started going to the supermarket last month and you were born like three months ago. Then, you know, you think that there's always been a huge section in your supermarket with a bunch of different brands of coconut oil sold in glass jars, right? Or coconut fat sold in glass jars. <clears throat> Not the case. Like six years ago, you go to my local uh, supermarket and you would find exactly zero containers of coconut uh, oil. Zero. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Coconut milk? Yes. Coconut cream? Yes. Coconut oil? No. Interestingly, coconut oil not sold in the same area as coconut milk and coconut cream. In fact, in my supermarket, coconut cream and coconut milk not in the same aisle, right? Coconut milk is in the Hi. is in the vaguely ethnic section. Mm-hmm. Well, like we're not sure. Maybe you're maybe you're some sort of Hispanic person. <laughs> maybe you're some sort of Asian person. That's where coconut milk is. Coconut cream is the we think that maybe you like the party aisle. You know what I mean? And then the coconut oil. Remember, it all comes oil. from the same plant. Coconut oil is in the I do yoga aisle. <laughs> you know no, what it's I mean? in the olive oil aisle. Uh, which is the same as the I do yeah, uh, yeah. yoga aisle, right? Yeah. Anyway, point being uh, that this is a relatively new thing because people have come out and touted the, the thing. So anyway, what are my thoughts? on? So uh, John says, I find this hard to believe, but if you agree with this, is there another way to get, uh, a, uh, to get a spirit to the, uh, to get the spirit of the flavor of the coconut? Feel free. Uh, f- uh, feel free to think I'm a coconut nut. John. Well, anyway, if you're from the Philippines and you don't use coconut oil, you might as well you might as well call it a freaking day. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like super traditional, different kinds of you know palm oils and coconut palm oil more specifically, like cooked palm oil and the red palm oil, which in African cuisine everywhere it's traditional. My point is this. Uh, also, like so, she was out against coconut milk because she was like doing that old saw about uh, saturated fat being bad, and just as predictably. A, uh, you know, some, uh, I didn't bother looking at his credentials, but apparently he's a world-renowned cardiologist. Came out and slammed her, right? But one of the reasons it made such big news is she's a professor at Harvard as well, right? So Harvard's school of, uh, you know, of this kind of thought, you know, run by Willett and all those guys is one of the world-renowned things. So if Harvard comes out and says, coconut oil is pure poison, everyone's like, oh my God, coconut oil is pure poison. And then the the cardiologist is like, no, coconut oil is really good for you. And of course, you can't just leave it at that. First of all, he shouldn't even say that. He should just say, coconut oil is food. Eat it if you like. You know what I mean? But instead of that, he goes... No, not only is it good, the real enemy is sugar because everyone has to have a freaking enemy. It's all about not, 
it's all, it's none of it is, hey, just mellow the hell out and eat some food. It's like, no, this is your friend. Eat five, like, boat tons of that. Your real enemy is this other thing. So the only thing I think that hasn't been demonized recently is protein, right? Has anyone come out and said, you know what you should stay away from? Yeah, no, nobody's ever said that. Protein. Dave, you ever heard anyone say you should get rid of protein? Nope. All I know is, is that, whatever, I mean... Have you ever you ever eaten one of those even for a short amount of time those super high protein diets? No. Yeah, I I did for a couple of days as a test once. Atkins. Yeah, I didn't find it pleasant. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't sound pleasant. It's not pleasant. What about that diet that uh, Jordan Peterson's daughter promotes? What's that? You only eat beef, salt, and water. What the hell? What? You Why? Should, you should Google this. It's uh, I don't know. <laughs> she claims it like fixed all these health issues that she was having, which maybe for her, for some freakish reason they did in the short term, but like this is obviously not sustainable also, or, you know, for everyone. Some people's health problem is that they're banana lamba ding dong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and that can be fixed. Ain't no cure for that. Well, no, there right? is. No, there is, but there is in a way, right? So like, let's say like, you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to only eat Cheez-Its and raw meat and I'm going to get all of my water from raw meat. Don't do that. Right? If you believe that that's good for you and you're regimented about it and you're also doing a bunch of other stuff, I mean, maybe you'll end up in better shape. I doubt it. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, your mind, if you think you're doing something good for yourself, your mind can make yourself you know, feel better in some ways. That's yeah. why like, I think when I had – remember that when I had to go on that raw food diet and I was such a – or the juice cl- – uh, the uh, master cleanse I had to go on for a week because I lost a bet? I don't remember the master cleanse. Remember maple oh. syrup and, and lemon juice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to do it for like a week. And I think people who believe that it's good for them, like, associate the physical discomfort and kind of the butt spray that they're set on when they do this, right? They, they conflate that kind of nastiness that's happening with your body with good things happening to your body. There's this weird conflation, right? So they feel, quote unquote, great because they think they're doing something good for your body, whereas I, who believe this is all horse hockey, feel terrible because, like, I'm like, why am I punishing myself? I could be having real food. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So uh, I think the whole thing is a nightmare. I think the whole, I think the entire superfood thing is a freaking nightmare. I think all the arguments on all sides are complete nightmares. I think people should get, you know, I think here's the other thing, right? So like no one's ever, and I don't have time today. We can talk about it. But like the, I was re-reviewing that from a couple of months ago and recently re-reported the Lancet article on alcohol consumption. And, um, I'll read you the title of the article so you guys can go look at it. Maybe we can discuss next week if anyone wants to call in uh, on it. Four minutes. But it's called Alcohol Use and Burden for 195 uh, Countries and ter- Territories 1990 to 2016. Uh, and it, and it, it talks about... Uh, this is the one where they said even a single glass of day a day of uh, liquor increases your risk of death. And by the way, uh, for those of you that keep track of this, they used a, a, a fun thing called the Disability Adjusted Life Years, or Hey Daily, for all you Atmosphere fans out there. And I don't know, there are probably two Atmosphere fans out there. Uh, it's like, I don't even know what Atmosphere is. I've never been to Minnesota. Uh, but anyway, so there were... There were I'm going to read this study if I have time this week, which I probably won't in depth. No. To try to go, to try to go through it. But three minutes. Oh, you're such a jerk. Actually, two. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll go through. We'll talk about that later. Uh, as you might guess, I have issues with that, as with all studies. Uh, not all studies, but many studies. 
uh, oh, full disclosure, I sell alcohol. Uh, I'll do this real quick. Uh, I, I live near, this is from uh, Jane from Toronto. I have a question about making Applejack. My boyfriend and I live near Toronto, Canada, but are afraid that it won't get cold enough this winter to properly freeze distill. It's been pretty hit and miss for the past couple of years. Global warming, you know. Uh, freezer space is a bit of an issue, but can be worked around if necessary. Wonder if using dry ice would be worth it slash practical, or if it would be better going a different route. We're planning on making the apple cider ourselves as opposed to buying pre-made product. I don't think you should use dry ice because dry ice is going to probably nucleate very quickly. And I'm pretty sure that what you want for a freeze concentration is the flaky plate-like crystals that you get from slower, quiescent freezing of alcohol. And those plate-like crystals will drain better than super fine crystals that you make from freezing something very quickly. So what I would do, if you really want to do this, because you're going to be making your own apple cider anyway, so you're investing a lot of time and energy uh, in making apple cider and then freeze concentrating. First of all, realize that many people are anti-freeze concentration because it also uh, concentrates congeners. Just have to let you know that. I don't really think you're going to kill yourself or have so much methanol that you go blind, but I, I have to say it. I would just invest in like a... Uh, $75, and that's all they really cost, a $75 small chest freezer. Like go to your local, you know, huge mart and get one of those little square, like 20, you know, what are they, Nastasia? like 20 by 20, 22 by 22, like, you know, counter height, like flip open top freezers. It will hold a relatively large thing of apple cider and let it quiescently uh, freeze uh, and do it like it's going to get easier and easier as the alcohol content goes up and up because you'll be able to harvest crystals more. Uh, so I would do it that way. Uh, although you might have to insulate the bottom of it because yeah, you might want to freeze from the top down. Anyway, give it some experimenting, but that's what I would experiment. Uh, you know, global warming and all that. Cooking issues. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thank you.